Hey, soulful people. On the wild edge of being human, and today I want to talk about the illustrious alignment. I'm recording outside because it's fucking convenient for me and it's gorgeous. You may hear external noise. It's all good. It's it's just me doing my work when I feel like doing it in the way I feel like doing it and sharing it with you in the hopes that maybe it sparks something inside of you that helps you remember not my truth, but your truth so that you might be able to go and live it with more permission and compassion. This is episode who knows what of the wild edge of being human, a podcast for small business owners, soulful small business owners. And what I want to talk about today is um, some bullshit I see people doing to themselves in the personal development industry. I get it. I've done it to myself and I'm completely over it. They're, they're, there is no filter about this stuff anymore. And it's not about making these people wrong. And it's not about making you wrong. It's about pointing out some suffering that we are stepping into suffering that need not be. And so in the past 10 days, I've had two clients come to group calls, suffering, shaming, and self-condemning because they were not in alignment I'm not in alignment. I'm not in flow. Struggle, struggle, struggle. And there is so much shame about not being, once again, this imaginary laid down by capitalism, picked up by us. We pick it up. Somebody else lays it down. This not enoughness. This you're doing it wrong. This white-knuckling, gripping to grow, gripping to get an alignment. And it's actually the thing that's keeping you from finding your flow and your alignment. You're trying so hard to be the good, aligned, soulful business owner. I get it. When we're in flow, we're in alignment, it feels fucking good. And so when you feel bad or off or tired or emotional or hormonal or irritable or raging or crunchy, then you are picking up a shitload of shame and saying, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I must force myself to get into alignment. And I have a client right now, God bless her, who... I get it. I've I've been in one of those spaces where it feels like so much is at stake. And she's she's one of the people that came to the call feeling out of alignment, feeling out of alignment. And I texted her later and I was like, how did your day end up? And she was like, I went to my chiropractor and I went to my energy healer and I went to this and this and this. And there's so much trying hard to get back into alignment and I'm not a major alignment teacher although I guess I kind of am I just don't call it that but the reality is no amount of doing gets you back into alignment sure there's things you can do to soften and soothe your nervous system but you can't try your way back into alignment 
alignment is an energetic state of surrender. Alignment is loving what is. And I I have been this person, except for I just really had, I really had a wonderful summer of suffering. <laughs> and I've learned so much. And I didn't have to wait for the suffering to be over. Listen, there's still more suffering ahead. But I, I actually decided, I didn't know how hard, but I knew that this summer would require a lot of me with dad's stroke and downsizing mom and dad and the, the whole list of my personal inventory of suffering dying dogs heart attacks and all the emotional ups and downs and listen y'all the after heart attack experience was um really intense you know the, the doctors send you home and they say eat a mediterranean diet and get some more cardiovascular exercise and they don't say you're literally blow your emotions apart and you can now feel everything and so beware and get some psychological help (laughs) um but for the most part i was not perfect at this because i'm never perfect but for the most part I, i was not in some buddhist Byron Katie, love what is. Oh, I love my suffering. But I literally let myself be in the wrestle all summer long. I le- when it was hard, I let it be hard. There were times I didn't want to be. I remember picking up the phone and finally being able to call a friend. And she was like, are you okay? And when I picked up the phone, I thought I was okay. But as soon as she said the words, are you okay? I said no. And I just let it not be okay. And it felt so good to let it not be okay. Because the trying to pretend that I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine is absolutely a worse second suffering. And so, right, like that's an extreme version, except for I see my clients wrestling with this false version of what some story they've made up in their mind of how it's supposed to be. And y'all running a business is fucking hard. It's the hard you choose. It's the hard you choose. If you're not running a business, um, working for somebody else is hard. It's the hard you choose. There are glorious things about working for myself and there are not glorious things about working for myself. There are glorious things about working for somebody else. And there are not so glorious things about working for yourself. There are glorious things about having a child or children or family or pets or responsibilities. And there are glorious things or there are not so glorious things about that. And somewhere in some glossy magazine cover, we've picked up this image that capitalism throws down. And when I say capitalism, I mean toxic bullshit capitalism. Listen, I'm self-employed. I believe in earning and making a living, but I don't have to sell you something you don't need. And I don't want you to buy something if what I have doesn't genuinely support you in, in choosing yourself. But I'm not selling something because you have a deficiency that doesn't exist. And I'm not even selling you something because you have a deficiency. I'm selling something that helps you remember that you're not deficient. That's what I'm selling. I'm selling something that my goal is that you do remember, that you build the muscle memory of remembering 
and you don't need my services. Actually, most of my clients don't need my services. They just do better when they have it. I don't need my damn HelloFresh, but I eat better when I have it. When that shit is delivered to my door and portioned out and there is a step-by-step thing, I have a better dinner. Last night I had Taco fucking Bell. But most of you have some story in your head and I just kind of want to lovingly shake you and say it's okay to be out of alignment. It's okay to be crunchy. It's okay to be off. It's okay to not be. And what if... If you never grew, if you never got joy again, what if you were still lovable? Like we're in the personal development field, we're beating ourselves up with personal growth. And one of the best things I love that my husband ever said to me, it irritated me at the fucking time and kind of surprised me was like, Allison, you try too hard to grow. So yes, I've been the person that's tried too hard to grow. Stop trying so hard to grow. Do you know that if you never tried again, By the sheer fact that you are a biological human being, homo sapien, you will grow both physically and emotionally and intellectually. You won't stop growing. You won't. But you're trying so hard to grow. What you're doing is you're not actually going forward in the direction of something you want. You're actually, when you're white knuckling, when you're gripping, you're avoiding something. And whatever that thing is you're avoiding is actually the key to the freedom and peace you're seeking. You want to be wealthy? You better not hate poverty. You better not hate your own poverty, your own debt, your own history of poverty, and and poor people. Because you'll never be able to create true wealth unless you're okay losing it all. You'll never create true health, right? This is one of the things I've learned. I've been somebody who's taken my health for granted. Do you realize that I never get sick? I have like perimenopausal stuff, adrenal fatigue. That's been a health complication over the last 10 years. I had cervical cancer and they were able to remove half my cervix and I was fine when I was 28. I had a broken jaw when I was eight years old and had 900 stitches in my face. I didn't even spend the night in the hospital. I had surgery that day in the emergency room and then a few after treatments. And I had one emergency room visit where my surgery site after cervical cancer surgery where that split open and I had to go get it restitched. And other than that, I have been a really vitality and well, physically well human being. And so having my health challenged in the last two months by having a heart attack and some both physical and emotional discomfort that has come after it. It's like, what if this never goes away? Like I had these, these symptoms that I felt like were fibromyalgia and one of the side effects of taking a statin, which I took a statin for like five days and I was like, yeah, I'm not taking this. I don't even have high cholesterol. They just gave that to me because that's what they give everybody who has a heart attack and my body is telling me no. So I quit taking the statin and most of the muscle aches and pains went away, but I was having these like I was questioning myself, did I kick off fibromyalgia? And I remember really wrestling and being so fucking irritated with the ache, the full body aches. 
the aches in my hips and in my thighs and in my calves and on the bottom of my feet and on the outside of my arms and on my forearms and in the back of my, no, just this full body constant 24-7 ache. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled and in my brain I was trying to, trying so hard to figure out what would stop the ache, what will stop the ache, what will stop the ache. Oh, I have a friend who has fibromyalgia, let me reach out to her. Oh, I have a friend who actually does hypnosis on fibromyalgia, let me buy her book. Oh, I have all this, oh, let me complain about it, let me complain about it. And one day as I was driving down to my mom and dad's, instead of recording a podcast for you, I just sat with the question, what if... This discomfort never goes away. And instead of asking myself that from a place of fear, I just decided, what if, who do you want to be if you have to live with this for the rest of your life? Because you're letting it destroy your peace. It it may have destroyed your physical comfort, but what has to happen inside of you, Allison, Because people deal with chronic pain every fucking day. My mother's lived with it her whole life. At least my whole life. I I was a little kid when my mother got debilitating, crippling rheumatoid arthritis. My mother was 20 years younger than I am when, when she was crippled from arthritis. And has lived with that her whole life. Yes, there's new treatments, but she has lived with debilitating pain. And I used to always say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And my husband laughs at me because I get a goddamn sniffle. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's me. This is horrible. I personally do not do physical discomfort very well. And I have had this, you know, when you're in the hospital, they ask you on a scale from zero to 10. Listen, I'm at a two and I'm whining. I'm at a two and I am. It is the worst thing in the world. Okay, so yes, I know that people have it way worse and live with it, but but I was like, what if? And for a moment, I was like, oh my God, if I had to live with chronic pain, I would just kill myself. I would just off myself. I'm not recommending that. I'm not actually suicidal, but that's literally how much my psyche, the parts of me, want to avoid discomfort, physical discomfort, emotional discomfort. They want to avoid suffering. It is human. It is biological. It is natural to want to avoid suffering. But in that car, in that moment, I decided to surrender. I don't know that I use that cheesy word, but I don't have a better word for it right now. But I decided to just, actually, this is this is how I surrendered. So many of you want to know how. I decided, and I said to myself, in my head, I said, hello, aches. I see you. Clearly, none of this information gathering is going to make you go away. And a certain amount of time hasn't made you go away. And so I see you. And I took a few conscious deep breaths to not just in my head, but in my heart, in, in literally, and I've been talking about this a little bit more because it, t- it tends to make it a little bit more concrete for me, the electromagnetic field of my heart. So drop into the physicality of my heart space and dropped in a welcoming presence, reluctantly welcome, <laughs> honestly, but hello, full body aches. I see you. I'm here for you. I won't leave you. I have no idea what this journey, what you need from me, why you're here. I don't know how to alleviate your suffering, but I can say I will be with you 
with my whole heart and with compassion. And then silence. And then there's nothing to do, right? Like we're so, okay, and then I'm going to go read the book on fibromyalgia or whatever. No, and then I just sat in the presence of the ache, energetically, not just in my head. And there was no grand miracle, okay? Like as I sit here, I have some minor aches. I did make an adjustment to my vitamin regimen. I pulled out a couple of the vitamins and it's amazing how much I already feel better. Um, But when I noticed that physical discomfort, right, that was something I was white knuckling. Like, oh, I don't want to feel this. Oh, I'm trying to avoid it. And so whether it's your sorrow or your grief, right, I've spent a lot of time um, letting grief have me recently. I shared that in another podcast. I shared some of this other stuff in another podcast too, but I've, I've spent a lot of time just letting grief be here and see what the experience is like. And so I'm curious, Mr. or Mrs. or non-binary um, person who is trying so hard to get back into alignment. What if you just let go for a minute and you didn't push away and you didn't try to fix and you just allowed the discomfort of being out of alignment? And and I always tell my clients in the IFS world, right, we're like, one of the things we do is we welcome all parts and then we're supposed to conjure some self-energy. And I know what personal development people are like, y'all are all trying to conjure 100% of self-energy. You're trying to all of a sudden go from being out of alignment to positioning yourself as the fucking enlightened Buddha. And no wonder you're fucking miserable. So be 95% cunty and see if you can get even a slice, a spark of soulful centered self-energy. The rest of you can be off-center, but if you can find the tiniest little pinhole to allow self-energy, to allow self-compassion for the parts of you that are out of alignment, And then nothing. I said something to my client the other day along this. It's like, here's your three-step plan, right? You have this awareness. And the second thing is you acknowledge and invite without shame. And then the third thing you do is nothing. You just hold presence. And everybody's like, then what? Then what? Then what action do I take? And I had another client. I walked through the same process. And it was so fun because... I said again, there's nothing to do. And I just let the silence, and the silence is awkward and uncomfortable. But I'm holding the silence. Not for some wise answer from my client, like we're taught to do in coaching, but I'm holding the silence for my client to just be in the feeling of being with the anxiety. And then after however many seconds, it's really not that long, it feels like forever, I say, and what do you notice? That's what's, like, if you had to have step four, what do you notice? And then he says, I notice all the creative ideas that are coming up, which is very different from the anxious ideas that come up. And I just sit back and smile and grin. And we don't even have to peruse the, the 
creative ideas because I know that they will come. And so, dear, loving, wonderful one, I'm like you. I have a little plaque that I think it was Marie Cohan when her kids, when Marie Cohan's kids were in my kindergarten classes. I think it was her who gave me this little bronze wall hanging and it says, I am still learning from Michelangelo. I get you. You love learning. It's fun. It feels good. And in so many ways, being right aligned and being perfect and being flow has been your greatest gift. But that's not enough anymore. And I'm not saying you're not enough. I'm saying be willing to suck at something. Be willing to wobble in business. Be willing to wobble in your marriage. Listen, I'll tell you this. I don't normally talk about these kind of things, but there are parts of me that when I have conflict with my husband and not even what the world, like just a little gritch at each other, there are parts of me that are like, oh, your marriage is over. It's horrible. Like even the slightest bit of conflict and I have a part that's like doom and gloom. And the other day, I was just like, Allison, what if you just let your you and Bill be off? Like, sometimes we're in sync, and sometimes we're out of sync. And sometimes when I get out of sync, I, I get anxious attachment parts start coming up. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. You're fucking married. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's shit. That's normal. You're comparing yourself to some Martha Stewart artificial non-existent version of marriage and ask anybody who's genuinely been married for years it's not always fucking pie and roses it's not always beautiful emotional attachment sometimes it's like uh i don't get you why are we married and it doesn't mean you don't love each other right like these are things i have to remind myself and so i just be present with it's okay for us to be off we still love each other it's okay for us to be off and I still love him and he still loves me. I've been telling my clients and teaching them these mantras. I am anxious and I love me. I'm out of alignment and I love me. I am an emotional mess and I love me. I'm in the middle of all my trauma. I'm in a dark night of the soul and I love me. I'm grieving and I love me. My dogs are irritating the fucking shit out of me and I love me. And I may share more of this in public. You don't have to. That's not the point. The point is not sharing in the public. I do that because it's part of my calling and my soul work. I don't need you to do it in public like I do. But I do need you to do it in your own head and your own body. Listen, when you do this, there are going to be parts of you that, you know, as soon as you start giving self-compassion to especially the wild edges of you, the fringe parts of you, the parts that a lot of society has pathologized. And if you don't know what that word means, it means made wrong. Okay? And there's so much that is absolutely fucking normal in this world that marketing and shitty capitalism has made wrong. Especially if you're a woman. Especially if you're a marginalized marginalized person. And the coaching world and the personal development world is not above this. I'm not above it. I'm sure I'm sure there's time like I'm literally making wrong people that are making wrong, so I'm making something else wrong. We can't escape it. You're gonna have parts that go, oh, this doesn't feel safe. This is not good. You're doing it wrong. 
right? And so it's okay to even add another layer, say a part of me feels like I'm doing it wrong and I love myself. It will not feel natural. If you have spent a lifetime of telling yourself you're doing it wrong, you better fix it now. When you switch and begin practicing the muscle and mental memory of I'm a mess and I love me. I'm emotionally unstable right now and I love me. I'm anxious and I love me. I am flailing and I love me. I'm out of alignment and I love me. I'm crunchy motherfucker and I love me. Then the next layer is going to come up and go, you're doing it wrong. A part of me thinks I'm doing it wrong and I love me and physical presence. So dear one, if you are out of alignment, that's okay. (laughs) It's okay to be out of alignment. You are nature, not a machine. You are nature, not a machine. And nature has cycles. Nature goes in circles. And you will have cycles. I can't tell you what those cycles are. And they're not going to fit on your calendar. And they're not going to fit in your schedule. And they're not going to fit. They're not going to fit with some man-made thing. It's okay to have, I used to always say ebb and flow. This was one of my early mantras, ebb and flow. The flow always comes back, but you don't have to force flow. It's fucking abusive. Be so fucking tender with yourself. Okay. I'm not sure what week this podcast is coming out, but I do want to invite you to consider coming to be, here's the thing. This is right for you. My coaching membership program is right for you. If I was talking today to a girl I work with and have conversations about, about what I do and how I do it, because it's, I have to remind myself there are so many bits of information out in the world, but here's the thing. My, I, I love talking business, but I'm not leading with the business part. All right. Honestly, if I were to show you all my testimonials, people say, I came to work with Allison for strategy. I got you on the strategy, but I am not leading with the strategy. And frankly, you, you really don't need my fucking strategy. I think it's fun to talk about strategy. I think it's fun to talk marketing from time to time. I love it. It's exciting. Personal business is personal business there there that was it right i just said it 40 and slip like business and growing through the vehicle of my business is just juicy for me and so yeah i i got some business moxie i can share with you but most of my clients are like me they're actually my peers i'm not above or beneath them they are other human beings who do not need another $30,000 fucking mastermind to spend money on. Aren't y'all tired of that? Aren't y'all tired of spending thousands of dollars for coaching? Aren't you tired of thinking, oh, if I only had a new website, oh, if I only had this specific coach, and then you write this goddamn giant check, And then three weeks later, you're like, I don't need this. These aren't my people. Now I'm fucking stuck in a contract. I don't know. That's what happened to me. And those of you who don't know, I spent an obscene amount of money on coaching. And I spent an obscene amount of money on coaching that I don't need. And these days, I actually don't spend money on the coaching. I spend money on implementation projects. 
I spend money on other experts implementing certain things for me that I'm not going to implement. And you don't have to spend that much money. So I was like, well, let me create this program. I'm sick of spending money. So what if I didn't have to be a fucking dick like the oil companies and take advantage of people? Everybody can go and blame Biden for high oil prices, but you realize it's the goddamn capitalist companies who are increasing profits. I got plenty of profit margin. I don't need to raise it just to swing my big dick around. What if I created a, a fee and, an, and a month-to-month program? You know, there was nothing worse that I hated when, when Bill and I would join Gold's Gym. And we did this a lot early in our marriage when we lived in Cedar Park. We joined Gold's Gym. And then it's like, oh, we're never going to the gym. I don't want to use it. And they're like, you have to give us all of your babies and sign away your life and give us all this money. You sign this contract. And it was just a goddamn war to get out of a Gold's Gym contract. And so I was like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to keep somebody in my program just because they don't want to be in my program. That is just not the inner. I want people who want to be there. And so $330 a month, it's a recurring charge and you get to choose from the buffet of belonging i have many what i call retainer clients i am not personally enrolling retainer clients right now um i have plenty of retainer clients who pay me to come when they want who who pay me for emergency you know that's fine that's wonderful i think it's great but i have a large number of those and i have a very small, beautiful, intimate handful of people who come regularly almost every single week, at least two calls a month, if not one a week for sure. They have made it a part of their nurturing practices. And a lot of times when I get on a coaching call, this is this is on a Monday morning what we call business church. I say, I go around the room and everybody gets to have a check-in. Like, this is an intimate coaching membership, okay, y'all? This is not Heidi McHyde's um, Heidi Hole Be Invisible, right? This is actually a community room. And you come in and I say, hi, Clement. I'm talking to my dogs like they're my clients. Hello, Clementine. What's your check-in today? What is it that you want to get out of the call? And nine times out of 10, every once in a while, my client will come with a great question. I have a question about this. I have a question about this. I'm struggling with this in my business or, you know, this is the conversation I want to have around sales or marketing or prosperity or whatever, one of the million topics of business that it could be. But a lot of times they say, I just know that when I show up, I, A, remember who I am. I, B, gain the confidence and clarity to go out there and share my heart, show my work, sell my stuff, and serve my people. And so being in this room, being in this room marinates me for the action and service I need to do out in the world. And what I love is that it's not just me who's the expert. I love being an expert. I love teaching. I do a lot of teaching. I do some coaching. Um, some like yesterday in a group call, um, you know, we all did a check in and then had a discussion. And then one person, it was a two hour call. This was not solely, this was a different group, but we had one person that sat in the hot seat, but everybody got value. Um, yeah. So I have, I keep solely small. I, I keep the group small. I do not want thousands of people. That is, I'm not here to fucking scale. Please don't send me a goddamn message about scaling either. I'm so tired of those emails, y'all. 
Um, but if you are an experienced business owner who needs a place, it doesn't need a wants a place. Leroy, come on. Longest CTA ever. CTA is called action. So yeah, I just want to invite you to consider applying to Soli's. And yes, it's a slower process. Somebody sent me an email the other day, totally rightfully so. She was like, I want to understand XYZ before I spend 20 minutes filling out your application. Okay. Listen, here's the thing. Even if you filled out my application and didn't want to join Soli's, you're going to get value. If you're somebody who gets value out of self-reflection and you're listening to a fucking personal growth podcast, of course you get value, right? But I will tell you, listen, I do have a few high D's. Those of you who understand that language, if you're a high D and are willing to be in a group room and are willing to go slow because you know you will fucking grow, then you're welcome. But a lot of high D personalities are like, yeah, I can't handle this shit. Love you, high D, slow your ass down. I'm high D also. Trust me. Be willing to marinate, especially when you get your ass over 40 years old. Your hormones not going to let you be high D anymore. Um, but anyways, yes, there's a video I want you to watch. Yes, there's some reflection questions because the people I'm looking now for, I am looking for people, A, that I know I can help, people that will get value of what's already in the room and see people that will bring something to the room, right? Like community, being in the room with other business owners is one of the most valuable things that I have in my life. I do not need another fucking curriculum, do you? I have a whole library of curriculum, but you don't need it. <laughs> um, it's really about the connection, the conversation, and the mojo that creates in us to activate our souls so that we can actually implement, right? So if you want that, go to coachwithallison.com. Gently, slowly, you are worth taking the time to read the sales page, to send me any questions you have. This is not a buy now button program. We can have a conversation. If you feel aligned, perfect. If you don't, perfect. Uh, one other plug, I don't know when this is coming out, but get ready, get ready, get ready. My book, Unarmored, Finding Home in the Wild Edge of Being Human, is coming out December 6th. Um, be sure that you're on my email list. You can go, you can sign up for that at allisoncrow.com. Um, I think it's under a values workbook. I have a book page, but I can't remember the URL right now, but just be sure you're getting emails from me, right? No TikTok little girl who's 20 years old. Email ain't fucking dead. Okay. I love you. Let me know your takeaways. If you uh, want to give me a high five in this episode, either made you laugh, made you think, or made you feel, share it with a friend. And let me know that you shared it. That feels really good when somebody gives me claps. I like claps. Clap, clap, clap. Love you. Bye.